All right. Well, good morning, church. Everybody doing good? Yeah, some of you are. That's awesome. How about that, man? Able to see that many people go through the waters of baptism. That's always a, a good thing. I, I pray that we never, ever get used to that to the point of where we get tired of that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like I say this all the time. When I hear someone pray the prayer of salvation or I see someone raise their hand for salvation, man, that never gets old. I'm just telling you, it never gets old. And for me, seeing people go through the waters of baptism, saying, hey, listen, I want everybody to know that Christ lives in me. You know what? And I'm, I'm choosing to follow him. I'm dying to that old way of living and I want to live for Christ. And so to me, that never, ever gets old. It should always, always, always be a celebration. And so y'all give it up for those that went through the waters of baptism. Proud of you. Proud of you. That's big. That's huge. So if you're joining us online, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We're in a series on uh, prayer. And uh, last week we talked about hearing the voice of God. And I pray that many of you, maybe for the first time in a long time, or maybe for the first time ever, you really felt like you began to hear from God. And maybe, maybe God spoke through His Word. He spoke through the written Word and... Man, it felt like he was just speaking to you. It's like, you know, this is, you've read that passage maybe a thousand times, but for whatever reason, it spoke to you in a new way. So prayerfully, you know, as you work through the prayer guide, we've got another prayer guide for you today for this week. But prayerfully, as you were working through that, you begin to hear the voice of God. You begin to hear God speak to you. Maybe he spoke to you through somebody. I was talking to someone last night on the phone, and they said, you know, I, uh, I, I just felt like God spoke to me through Laurie the other day when she said this to me. She said it was like God spoke to me. Uh, through her and I said well he did you know and so there's times that God will speak through people to you and there's times that God will speak through circumstances or maybe just through his spirit and then there's times whenever he'll speak through his word and so the main thing is we just have to have ears to hear right we have to we have to slow down we have to listen we have to listen and sometimes be still and listen for the voice of God because there's lots of there's lots of noise in this day and age and there's lots of false things out there's lots of things so we need to make sure that we're listening for the voice of God you know, and however he wants to speak to us. Like I said, he's, he's a big God. I trust him to speak however he wants to. So today we're talking about prayers, praying spirit-led prayers. So, you know, whenever we pray, you know, we, we want to pray in alignment with the model prayer that was given to us by Jesus. We've kind of unpacked that a little bit already. But praying spirit-led prayers. And so what's involved in having spirit-led prayers? And, and let's kind of go there now. To pray spirit-led prayers, we have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to have the Holy Spirit working in us. And so for many people, they, they go, you know, I, man, I don't know about that Holy Spirit thing. That kind of makes me nervous. I grew up in a Baptist church. And so, you know, we are affiliated with the Southern Baptist Journey Church. And some of you guys are like, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were the ones that helped start, start us and sponsor us. And so, so I grew up. But here's the thing is, too often in, there was a church that I grew up in that was a very dead church, the one I grew up in, that it was kind of a you know, cool place to go to you know, play basketball and do a few things. And there was a couple people there that shared the gospel. But it was a really, to be honest with you, in a lot of ways, it was a very dead church. Now, somebody that's watching it that went to that church probably going like, I can't believe you just said that. But I'm just telling you, there wasn't a whole lot of life there, spiritual life. And uh, so, you know, as I began to grow in my walk with faith, in walk with Christ in my faith, I began to understand how the Holy Spirit works and that he's not something to be afraid of. He is something to pray for, and he's something to lean into, and something to pray to even. And that we, we can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give us guidance, to give us leadership, to give us direction. And so here's the crazy thing. The Holy Spirit even prays for us, and we'll unpack that today. So if you're here today and you're going, man, I don't know about the Holy Spirit, I'm just telling you, I'm praying that God's Word will change your mind about that, and He'll change your heart today. And so we have to have the Holy Spirit to pray Spirit-led prayers. It begins when we receive salvation through faith in Jesus. And so... For me, at the age of 19, when I walk in aisle and I, I, I confess my sins, I repent of those sins, and I ask Jesus to come into my life, and I just say, Jesus, here is my life. I give you everything that I've got. 
And with all the faith that I have, all that I, all that I can muster, I put my faith in you, Jesus, what you did on the cross, what you did through the power of the resurrection. Jesus, I put my faith in you. And so at that moment, man, I felt, I knew that the Holy Spirit was placed within me. And then whenever I began to read Scripture, it confirmed the fact that I knew that God had literally began to wash and cleanse me from the inside out. And I don't know if you've ever, ever experienced that. And it's not, a, it's not about feelings. I'm just telling you, it's not about feelings. It's about faith. And so whenever we put our faith in who Jesus is, when we believe the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he left heaven and he came here to redeem us, to, to purchase us, to, to pay for our sins because we couldn't handle it. We couldn't pay them. We had a debt that we couldn't cover. And so Jesus literally goes to the cross and he hangs on a cross and he bleeds out his precious blood for your sins and for my sins. And he redeems us if we put our faith in what he did on the cross. And so the thing is, is, is for me, it was life-changing whenever I began to understand what the cross was really about. It's not a, it's not a necklace. And it's not a couple of earrings. And it's not something just to hang on the wall. But the cross was God's way of purchasing and paying for your sin and my sin and redeeming us through the precious blood of his son, Jesus. And not only did he die on that cross, he hung there and he died. And he said, God, it is finished. Father, it is finished. But they laid him in a borrowed tomb, and the spirit of the God, a spirit of God resurrected Jesus. I get excited about Easter every day of the year. I don't know about you guys, but the, the, the Jesus, the grave couldn't hold him. You know what I'm saying? Death could not hold him, and, and so Jesus defeats all that. And so the spirit of God, the power of God, resurrects Jesus, and he walks human. He, he lets the guys touch his hands and his side, and says, "Hey, listen, man, put your hands in my in my side. Put your hands in my hands." And it proved to them that he had been resurrected. He had told them this would happen, but they didn't believe him. And they didn't fully understand. But here's the thing. Whenever you put your faith in Christ, when you believe that Jesus died on the cross, you believe that he's the son of God, you believe that God resurrected him from the dead, and you believe that he can save you and he can redeem you, then when you put your faith in him, that's when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're going to kind of unpack that today. So God saved you by his grace. So grace means it's it's un earned it's unmerited in other words i don't deserve this but whenever you pray to receive christ you're saved by god's grace god god says hey listen mike you don't deserve this but i'm going to give it to you anyway i'm going to bless you anyway i don't deserve salvation none of us do what we deserve is hell that's what we really deserve because of how we live what we do and how selfish and greedy and everything else we are that's what we deserve but god in his grace says hey listen i'm going to provide a way for you so god saved you by his grace when you believe so when we believed in everything i said about jesus when we believe, it says, and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. So we have to understand that salvation is a gift. We receive that gift. We can't earn it. You know, I know there's a lot of times, you know, we work for paychecks and we say, hey, well, I work, I work for this. I've earned this. And, hey, I want my due. Well, we didn't earn anything. And we can't earn salvation. The Bible tells me that my greatest deed, the, the day that I think I did the best I could do for anybody and the best that I could do for the kingdom of God, God says that's filthy rags. The best that I could do to try to earn salvation is a filthy rack. In other words, it's not worthy. So there's nothing I bring to the table. So what I do is I receive this gift. God says, hey, listen, if you put your faith in Christ, if, you, if you'll just trust in everything that Jesus did, I'll give you the gift of salvation. I'll give you this gift. And man, don't, how many in here like gifts? Y'all like getting gifts? Anybody like getting gifts? Y'all look around. If, hey, if you're with that person, you might want to get them a gift. You know, they like that. Might get you some points there. And so the thing is, we like gifts. But here's the thing is often we'll cheapen a gift. And so I've used this illustration before. It's like if I were to give somebody my truck and I said, hey, here's my truck. Here's the keys to it. Here's the title. I've already taken care of it. It's in your name. It's a gift. And they may go, man, that's awesome, you know. And uh, But if I said, if I changed it and I just said, hey, listen, 
All you've got to do is you've got to go wash it. If you'll just go wash the truck, it's yours. Then it just went from being a gift to being something they had to earn. Even if it's a 25-cent wash job, they had to go back to earning that truck. And, you know, and my, my truck's pretty muddy right now, you know, and so maybe, you know, that you, they may say, hey, that's too much. But I'm just saying it went from a gift to something you earned. And what we do is we cheapen the gift of Jesus. We cheapen the gift of salvation. We go, well, I've got to, I've got to read more of the Bible and I've got to, I've got to go to church more and I, I've got to do more around the church and I've got to, I've got to do more, you know, and I'm going to pray more. And, and here's the thing. We do those things because he has saved us, right? We do those things because we want to grow in our relationship. We don't do those things to be saved. That, that's works. But we do those things because we love him. I mean, he, he's, he is deserving of it. So it's a gift from God. Don't ever forget that. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. We can't brag about what we've done or boast about what we've done because really our, our greatest deed is not, not enough. So look at here. For we are God's masterpiece. Don't you love that? I love that, that masterpiece. I love that. Because when I think of a masterpiece, I think of something that maybe is unique. Or maybe, you know, it's one of a kind, and we are, every one of us is one of a kind. We have our own thumbprint, we have our own eye signature. I mean, all kinds of things about us are unique unto us. We even have a heart rhythm that's unique unto us. And so we are, we are God's masterpiece. He created us. We read in Psalms 139, we are created by God, knit together in the secret place in the mother's womb. God has created us. So everyone is a creation of God, but those who put their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation become children of God. So we are adopted into his family. We'll look at that today. And so we can, so he, he, we're God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. I was thinking about these that went through the waters of baptism. You know, they're going public. And I, I, whenever I baptize them, I say, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in the newness of life. And so what, what we're going to see today is the spirit of God is at work inside that person. And they can't, they don't have to live the way they've been living. I don't care if they're nine years old or 90 years old. You don't have to live the way you've always lived if you have the spirit of God living within you and the power of God at work in you. And so we can live differently. And so Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Look at this pa- passage out of Galatians 4. But when the right time came, God sent his son, that's Jesus, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And so here's the thing is when we look back at the law, the law is what, you know, we, we look at the Ten Commandments. We look at the law. None of us can live up to that. And, and what the law revealed was our need for a Savior. We often will look at that and say, well, you know, I'm going to keep the Ten Commandments. Maybe that will get me in. I'm going to try to follow all the rules and regulations. Maybe God will let me in. Let me just tell you, none of that will get you in. What the law reveals is that you don't measure up and I don't either. I don't have a lot to bring to the table. I'm a broken vessel. You know, I'm a liar. I'm a cheat. I'm all those things. Everything that Scripture says, I'm, I'm those things. And so whenever we realize, you know what, man, I, I'm not, I don't qualify. But Jesus does. So it's the righteousness of Christ applied to Mike that makes me even have a relationship with him or the opportunity. It's not because of anything I bring to the table. It's my surrender to who Jesus is. It's my faith in what Jesus has done that gives me the right to have a relationship with the Father. So God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. So he adopts us into his family. We had a gentleman sitting right about back here in the first service that uh, prayed to receive Christ this morning. And like I said, it never gets old saying, hey, listen, welcome to the family. Because that's what God says. Hey, listen, welcome to the family. All of heaven has a party and rejoices if one cries out to be redeemed. And so we as a church, man, we as the body of Christ ought to get excited if one person puts their faith in Christ. 
And if a bunch of them go through the waters of baptism, man, we ought to celebrate that. Like, like there's no tomorrow. You know, I mean, we ought to just love to be able to celebrate those things. So we become His very own children. And because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. So whenever we put our faith in Christ, when we, by faith, believe everything about Jesus, and we believe He's the Son of God, and we believe that He can save us and He can redeem us, and we surrender our life to Him, He places within us His Spirit, and He seals us. He seals us with that Holy Spirit. And so therefore, we become His children. So we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so I don't know if you remember, you know, maybe in school you remember about a king would you know, take hot wax and maybe he's sending a document to someone. And he would put that hot wax on there and then he would have a signet ring and he would, he would press it into that hot wax and it was sealed. It was a royal seal, not to be broken except for whoever the person was receiving that. And, and, and so that was kind of a big deal. Well, here's the cool thing about it. we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. In other words, you talk about royalty. We have been sealed with something, man, that is out of this world. And it's been placed within us for those of us that are believers that have put our faith in Christ. We have received this gift called the Holy Spirit to work in us, to comfort us and to teach us and to counsel us. Look what it says here in Ephesians. It says, and you also were included in in this. And so here, let me just kind of tell you who Paul's talking to. Paul is talking about the Jewish people. And he's talking about, you know, the, the, the fact that God provided something for them. He provided the way. But he's talking to us Gentiles here. These are the people that were not part of the the nation of Israel. He says, but he's talking to the Gentiles. He says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So what Paul is saying here is, hey, listen, for everybody, because God's desire is, is that all men would be saved, that every person would have a chance to hear the gospel and that they would put their faith in Christ. And by doing that, they would be sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so here, what, what God is saying, hey, listen, listen, I love you. And man, I'm leaving a deposit. I'm, pu- I'm putting a seal on this. This is mine. Purchase belongs to me. It has the king's signet on it. man. And so we belong to the king of kings and lord of lords, right? So we get to walk in that confidence. And by knowing that we have the spirit of God living within us, it's, it's that deposit. And so again, it says, and, and so, and you also were included... In Christ, when you heard the message of truth, the message of the gospel, the gospel of your salvation, when you believe, there's that believe again. It's it's all about faith. It's not about works. You were marked in him with the seal of promise, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Have you ever uh, like booked a place and you was like, you know what, I'm going to put a deposit down or maybe a house or something like that. And, and, and. Can't go. You know, something happens and you go like, hey, can we get that deposit back? You know, and a lot of times they'll say, hey, it's a non-refundable deposit. And that's when you kind of begin to sweat bullets. Because it's kind of like going down the road and you're throwing money out the window, right? Kind of like getting a speeding ticket. It's like throwing money out the window. And so the thing is, is, you know, we, we go, you know what? We want that deposit to hold something. So God said, hey, listen, I'm going to place my uh, a deposit within you. And so he's saying, hey, listen, you're mine. No one can take you. You know, no, now... Let me just say this. Rental car companies do not understand what that means. I don't know if y'all know what that's about. But they, they do not understand a reservation or anything like that. But God does. And God says, hey, listen, I'm placing within you. I'm placing within you a deposit. And it's part of me. It's part of the Trinity. you got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one. And he says, I'm, I'm giving you a deposit. And so the cool thing about that, we're sealed with the, with, the, with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. So we have been set free so that we can be led by the Spirit. We've been set free. And too often we see Christians that still live in bondage. 
you know, in bondage to sin and bondage to things that they can't get set free of, it seems like. And maybe you're sitting here today or maybe you're watching online and you're still battling something that you can't seem to get free of. Maybe, maybe it's an addiction. You know, maybe, maybe it's just a stronghold in your life. You know, and, and, and you want to be set free. There's a desire there. But, man, you just still have not been able to find true freedom in that. But Jesus died that we might be set free. Not that we would live as captives. Not that we would live in, in bondage to anything. So we have, we've been set free so that we can uh, have the Spirit. So look at this out of Romans 8. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. What a great statement. And maybe one we ought to hide in our heart. There's a couple of verses in here you might want to say, you know what? That's, that's memory worthy. I'm going to memorize that verse, hide it in my heart that I won't sin against God. But there's now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. In other words, we've been redeemed. We've been purchased by the blood of Christ. We've been brought into the family of God. And so therefore, we, we cannot be taken out of the Father's hand. We're His. So there's no condemnation for those that have been redeemed. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Look at that. And because you belong to Him, because you're part of the family, because you're part of you know, Jesus' family, you're co-heirs with Christ, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So there's power at work in us. There is God, wonder-working power, if you will, working inside of us as believers. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. That's the flesh. So God did what the law could not do. So God saw, you know what, men, they can't keep the law. But I can keep them through Jesus, my son. And so he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. So too often what we do is we will justify our sin. We'll even say, well, Mike, you just don't understand. You know, my dad was this way and that's, you know, that's the way I was raised. Doesn't matter if you're a new creation. You know, old things are gone, new has come, right? You might say, well, Mike, I grew up in a really tough home situation. I understand you may be a product of your environment, but you don't have to stay that way for the rest of your life. You can be transformed by the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you, changing you, revealing some areas of your life that, you know what, that you're holding on to the flesh, you're holding on to the sinful nature, and you're more focused on the sinful nature than you are the things of the Spirit. And so you've got to be able to say, God, I want to die to the sinful stuff. I want to die to that sinful nature. I want to be alive to the Spirit of God. And so, God, will you, will you begin to change my focus and what I'm, I'm leaning into? And so he sent his own son, Jesus, to set us free. And so in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. We will always face temptation. Let me just tell you that. We will always face temptation. As long as we are breathing and we're in this body, we're going to face temptation. And so the temptation is going to be there, but God will either provide strength to make it through it or a way out. And if you choose the other, that's just your choice. You're choosing sin. You're choosing the sinful nature. But those that are believers, the Bible says you should be and you have the ability to choose what the Spirit says to do, choose to do the right thing, the God-honoring thing. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So you have to ask yourself, you know, am I, am I focused on the things of God? Did I wake up this morning thinking about the things of God, or did I think about the flesh? For a lot of you, thought you woke up thinking about coffee. That's part of the flesh. I don't know if you all know that. And you thought about breakfast and food. and You know, that can be about the flesh. And then you, you, you get up frustrated about something from yesterday, and you're already up in the flesh. Or did you wake up and say, God, you know, what do you want to teach me today? 
God, what do you want to say to me today? Let me tell you something. I've been praying all week throughout the day. But there was a passage that we read last week. And, and, and for me, it's the Holy Spirit has literally brought that to my mind every day. And it's, you know, God, I want to seek you with my whole heart. God, will you show me what that looks like? Because remember, the scripture says, if we seek him with our whole heart, we will find him. God says that, right? God says, hey, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. All right, so, so I've been asking every day, throughout the day, God, will you show me what that looks like for me today? What does it mean to seek you with all of my heart, with everything that's in me? What does that look like today? And what does that look like from moment to moment to moment to moment throughout that day? God, what does it look like for me to seek you with my whole heart? What, is that, what, is that, what does that look like? And so maybe, maybe for you, you say, God, you know, show me how I can seek you with my heart. Not just, not just an hour on Sunday morning and not just a few minutes on a Sunday, you know, during the morning maybe for a devotion. Maybe you're going through you know, the, the, the prayer guide. And maybe just during that time, but throughout the day when you walk into work, you're going, God, what do you want to show me today? I want to seek you with my whole heart. So often what we do is we, we just kind of get up, we kind of go with our day, right? We get up, we get our coffee, we get our breakfast, and we kind of, we got a routine, we kind of run through that. And maybe we'll squeeze a little bit of Jesus in, I don't know. And then we get to work and we got that and we get home, we got things to do when we get home. And then, you know, we maybe turn on the TV and you veg or whatever, and then it's time to go to bed. And so what have you been seeking all day? Just a routine? Comfort, comfort zone, more money, more stuff, more things, or have you really been seeking the things of God? So here it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Now this, is, this one is uh, memory worthy right here if you want to memorize a verse. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So in other words, man, if you're focused on that negative, if you're focused on the flesh, if you're focused on the, on the sinful stuff, it leads to death. And, and, and let me just say, that's death of relationships. That's death of a lot of things. And so, but look, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to the life, to life and peace. It leads to life, life, abundant life and peace. Man, who, who doesn't want peace in their life? For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. This is key right here. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And so you might say, well, Mike, you know, I don't know if I've got the Spirit of living in me. Well, here's the thing. You may say, I've been going to church my whole life. You're just religious. You've just been in a pretty good routine. You know, but the thing is, is, you have to have the Spirit of God, and that only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And therefore, we are given the Spirit of God as a deposit, as a seal, saying, this one is mine. Satan, you can't mess with him. You can't have him. Now, he may tempt you, but you know what? He doesn't have authority over you anymore. You have been given authority over that. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Look at this one right here. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Think about that. Resurrection powers that work in us. Resurrection powers that it work within us. And so for us to walk around defeated as believers, defeated, you know, and going, you know, you know I, can't, I can't win for losing. It's, and it's just as poor on me, me. We go, you know what, man, I have resurrection power at work inside of me. The power that resurrected Jesus from the dead can resurrect me. It can set me free from that addiction. It can heal me of whatever I'm dealing with disease. God can do those things. 
I still believe in the power of prayer, and I still believe in miracles, and I believe that God can do whatever God wants to do, no matter what science says. He created science. You know what I'm saying? I believe that. Man tries to put God in a box, and God says it's not going to work that way. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges. In other words, you're not obligated to that, even though the temptations may come. You've been, you know, God's given you authority and the ability to overcome that. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if, you, but if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. It's only through the Holy Spirit working in you. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Don't you love that? We're children of God. Like I said, we're not, we're not just a creation of God. We were all a creation of God. Everybody in the world was a creation of God. But whenever we put our faith in Christ, we become children of God. Adopted into His family. Co-heirs with Christ. And, and so whenever we, whenever we make that decision and we surrender our life, the Holy Spirit is placed within us to work in us and to lead us. To lead us in our prayer time. The Holy Spirit brings power into our lives and our prayers. So there's, there's this power that is at work within the believer that the world can't seem to understand. Let me just tell you, there's a lot of Christians who do not understand how the power of God is at work in us. And there's times whenever the Spirit is praying, we, and we don't understand you know, how things worked out, but man, God is at work all the time. He's, he's never asleep. He's never quit on you. He may be waiting on you to take a step. And sometimes that step of faith is what He's waiting on you to step. He's already revealed what the step is. He's waiting on you to take that step. Take one more step. If you'll just take that step... I've got you. I've got you. We were upstairs. I was kind of going over the, uh, the baptism with the, the, the ones, the candidates that went through baptism. And I had Summer there. And I was going to kind of show them how to do it. And I, and I said, hey, we baptized. And I was showing the rest of the group with Summer. Man, Summer just let go. And I'm like, oh, we're eating the water yet, you know. I was like, hey, thanks for the trust, though. Kind of like, hey, she trusted me. I got her back up. But the thing is, is what we do is we don't trust God sometimes. And we don't, we, don't, we don't believe His Word. I mean, we're reading Scripture today. It talks about the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, but yet we walk around defeated. And why are you walking around defeated? Because maybe your, your focus and your eyes are on the sinful nature, on the things of the flesh, the things of this world, rather than the things of God. And so we've got to lean into that. So it puts power into our lives to be able to do things that we can't do outside of that. You know, maybe, maybe you've gone somewhere and you've been talking with someone. Maybe you taught somewhere or you shared somewhere. And man, people came to know Christ. That's not me. That's not you. That's the Spirit of God working in us. That's the power of God. See, it's the Spirit of God that draws men unto Himself. And so whenever we pray, we pray every, every Sunday morning. We pray every week. God, you know, draw people to Yourself. Draw people to, to this church. God, let them hear the gospel. And so we pray those things, right? And, and there's power in, in not just in the power of prayer. I mean, not just power in our lives, but there's power in our prayers. You ever been around somebody that whenever they pray, you go, man, when they pray, things happen. Like, I've joked about this a couple times, but I've, I've known some people that could pray storms away that were on their way, on the radar, and I'm thinking, hey, man, I'm telling you, it's going to rain here. We need to go ahead and get a certain And they're like, hey, it ain't raining here, Pastor Mike. And I'm saying, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the rain coming. It's right there. And that storm would literally break up at the fence line. And I'm like, all right, you got me. You're good. And, but, man, they just they have a powerful prayer life. And they were, they were believing let me tell you a story. And I know a lot of us don't believe, you know, that, that, you know, I should say there's some that don't believe in the power of healing, but I still believe in the power of healing. And so there was a guy years ago, whenever we were at a, a youth camp, and this guy named David was leading the worship there. And David was telling this story about his son, his, his little boy, Caleb, who 
uh, you know, got to where he was, he was kind of struggling. He didn't have good balance. And so they took him to the doctor and they started running some tests. And they found out he had a, a massive brain tumor. And so David, you know, his, him and his family is devastated. And, uh, and so they, he said, you know, he's asking the doctor, he says, what we do? He said, man, he said, there's nothing we can do. He said, it's inoperable, da, 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 whatever. He said, I would just say to you, take your child home, take Caleb home, love on him. I mean, enjoy him as long as you can, he said, and just, just trust God to do what only God can do. And so, you know, he said, I would encourage you to maybe get a second opinion, go see somebody else. And they did. And they said, hey, listen, there's nothing we can do. A little boy, and you think about having a child like that, how that would affect you. And, and so David said, man, he said, we took Caleb home. We loved on him. He said it got to the point, he said, where he would just lay in his crib, you know, his bed. And he said, you know, and we would pray over him. And he said, and I had everybody I knew across the nation, across the world praying for him. That's back before social media and all that. And he said, man, we were just praying and we would ask everybody to pray for healing, pray for healing, pray for healing. And he said, uh, and then he said there was a couple of days where it looked like Caleb was doing better. It's like he was improving. And, and so, you know, he got a little bit concerned because I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. But sometimes people get better to die is the way he felt. And so they got Caleb, they went to the doctor, and anyway, the doctor said, man, he does, he looks really good. And, uh, and, and anyway, he, he said, he's just improved so much. He said, I can't believe it. He said, let's, let's do some more tests. So they, they did some more tests and came back out. And so, the, like I said, the doctor comes out, tears in his eyes. He said, dude, there's, there's no tumor. And, uh, and, and David is devil. I mean, he's blown away by it. He's like, oh, my gosh. He said, what are you talking about? He said, there's, there's no tumor. He said, he's, so they bring out the before shots, and they bring out the, the current shots, and there's no tumor. And that little boy is just, you know as healthy as he could be and so god can take care of anything and you might say mike i don't i'm just telling you man god can do whatever god wants to do and so after you know david shares that story he sings a song it's called caleb's song and i'm telling you there wasn't a dry eye in the room at that youth camp i mean kids were responding by faith in a god who heals now i don't know what they needed healing from but i'm just telling you man you got to believe and here's the thing the spirit says hey listen god can do anything he can do the impossible so don't be focused on the flesh, but be focused on what the Spirit says. And so He puts power in our lives and in our prayers. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's verse 11 we read a few minutes ago. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. And so if we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, we don't walk away and walk around, you know, silent or quiet. Man, we're, we're walking around in boldness. And not confidence in us, but confidence in who Jesus is and the power of God at work in us. And I'm just telling you, the world needs to see Christians and believers who believe in the power of God at work in their lives. He needs to see it in a church. I love this in Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When the church says, you know what? God, it's not what we bring to the table. We can't put on a show good enough to get everybody here. But God, your spirit can work in us. Your spirit can work through us. And so God, we're praying for your spirit to draw me in here. We're praying for your, your spirit in, at work in us to give us the words to say and, and to show us who to reach out to and, and how to serve them and how to bless them and how to lead them to Christ. But I'm just telling you, I mean, I, I'm, I'm praying for revival in our, in our community. And if God wants to do it through Journey Church, man, I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. But if he wants to do it through another church in our area, we'll join them there. We just want to see lives change. We want to see souls saved. We want to see people that are sick healed. We want to see people set free from the bondage of sin. We want to see those that are caught up in addictions free of that once and for all. Don't you want you to see that? Man, I want to see that. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, listen, man, be praying for that. Pray desperate prayers for lives to be changed, for marriages to be saved, for people to be set free from the bondage of sin. 
The Holy Spirit seeks to communicate Christ's heart to our heart. That is Christ's heart. What I just said is Christ's heart is that we would, the captives would be free. That the lost would be found. That, you know, that those who are broken and, and wounded would be healed. He's come to set us free. He's come to redeem us. To redeem that which was lost. And so our prayer, and so when we pray, when we pray led by the Spirit, the Spirit is saying, all right, this is what Jesus wants. This is the will of God. This is the will of the Father. And so the Holy Spirit prays in unison with that. He's praying for us. And He literally is, is praying for the heart of Christ to be revealed to us. And look at what it says here. It says that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I'm weak. I don't know about you guys. And so I need the Holy Spirit at work in my life because I'm weak. And I need the Holy Spirit working in my life in such a way that I know it's not me. That it's what God is doing in me or what God is doing through me. And there's times I just need to, I just say, God, I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to pray for this. God, I don't, I don't know what the next step may be. But God, I know you do. And so, God, I'm asking you to, to show me. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Groanings. Groanings. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. There's a couple of things in that passage right there. Number one, Father knows, the Father knows all hearts. He knows, he knows exactly what you're thinking right now. He knows what you're hanging on to. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows the lies that you've told today or yesterday. He knows everything that you've done. He knows everything about you. He knows your heart. He knows your motivation. He knows everything about you. And I want you to understand this. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to, he wants to work in you. He wants to work through you. He wants to, he wants to literally get rid of that, that sinful nature in your life. He wants to give you the power of the Spirit to work to where whenever you walk, you're walking in the Spirit. When you pray, you're praying in the Spirit. And you're led by the Spirit. And you're seeking the things of God. And so the Father knows all hearts. And he knows, what the, he knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with the Word of God and the will of God. And so the, the Spirit is going to be going, hey, it's all about the kingdom. It's all about the Father. It's all about pointing to Jesus as the way. And so he, he, we pray in alignment with that. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Do you believe that God's got your best interest in mind? He does. He wants the best for you. He cares about you. And so the Holy Spirit discerns what is necessary and best for you, for all of us. And there's times that we pray, you know, we want certain things, right? We see something, we want that, we go, God, I want that, God, I want that job, I want, a, I want this, I want that. And, and so the Holy Spirit is discerning, hey, is that really the best thing? And there's times whenever we get on the other side of that, we realize, you know what? Thank you, God, for closing that door. God, thank you for making the best choice for me. God wants the best for us. Sometimes we just want good enough, right? We just want, we want good enough for government work type mentality. We want good enough. But what, what God says, hey, listen, I've got the best for you. And a loving father wants to give you the best. And what is necessary to help you get to where he wants you to be and to accomplish all that he has for you. And so sometimes he's not giving you what you want. He's giving you what is necessary and what is best. The Holy Spirit groans for us. That's from that passage there. And so when I think of groaning... I think of almost aching. Have you ever been around someone, you see what they're going through, and man, you, your heart just hurts for them. I mean, I, I, I mean, I literally feel pain in my heart for them. It just hurts for them. Maybe it's empathy, but I, I think about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit understands us, and He groans for us. When He sees us hurting, man, it hurts Him. And He takes that to the Father. He pleads for us 
He intercedes for us. He's asking, Father, just, just love on them. Provide them. He's, he's interceding for us. He's praying for us in ways that we don't even know how to pray. And so here's the thing. We are to pray in the Spirit all the time. You might, might how in the world does that work? As we're going through our day, no matter what you're doing, you might say, well, I'm driving down the road, can't close my eyes. That's okay. I mean, keep your eyes open, just pray in the Spirit. You know, no matter where you go. I, I tell people this all the time, whenever our, our children's workers, when parents are dropping off kids, I want them to pray over those parents. Now, they don't have to stop the, and hold the kids and then lay hands on them. But I just ask them, hey, listen, just pray over those parents when they drop those kids off. That their, their spirit would be open to what God wants to say today. That their ears would be open whenever they, they hear the Word of God. And so that we're praying, you know, that, that they would do that. When I'm driving down the road, I'm talking to people. When I'm sitting in a restaurant, man, I'm often praying, God, show me what you want to do in here. Who do you want me to uh, share with? When, I, when a waitress or someone helps me, I often ask them, hey, listen, how can I pray for you today? We're fixing to pray for this food. How can we pray for you today? And it's an opportunity just to bless them. And so I feel led of God's Spirit to do that. And, and it gives you a great opportunity just to love on people. So pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So here's the thing. We're to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Never give up on that. We're always praying. And so there's times I'll see people, and I'll just I'll pray for them. So God, I pray that you'd bless them. Pray that you'd show me how to, how to encourage them. God, give me the right words. God, show me how to serve them. And so we, we pray at all times, all the time. And look, and look at what it says. It says, and be persistent in your prayer for all believers everywhere. Let me just say, this is why I think it's so important for you guys to be in a life group. So if you're in a life group, you've got people that are praying for you, and they know you by name. And they know your children by name. And they know the issue that you're dealing with by name. And they're able to pray in the Spirit for your situation, for your family, for your whatever the challenge may be. But they know you and they love you and they're praying for you. And so here's the thing. Satan says, hey, listen, you don't want to get in there because people will find out your stuff. We've all got stuff. We're all messed up. We're all broken. And so what God's Word says, hey, listen, gather together with other believers and confess your sins one to another that healing may begin. And so when we do those things, man, we're able to share with someone, hey, this is a struggle that I've got going on. And man, they're able to pray over you and pray for you. And they're able to pray spirit-led prayers over you. But look at that last one. It says, pray for all believers everywhere. Everywhere. So we pray for other churches to be, you know, to be, to be gospel-proclaiming uh, churches. We pray for missionaries on the other side of the earth. We pray for people everywhere that believers would be out doing what God has called us to do. That we would be about His mission. We wouldn't just be, you know, kind of passing through life. Hopefully we get a good retirement. Hopefully we get a good place to live one day and, and, and we're good. But we're saying, hey, listen, I want to be on mission for Jesus. I want to be part of the kingdom and I want to see the kingdom expand. And I want to be a part of everything that I can do to reach the unchurched, the unsaved, and to lead them to become faithful followers of Christ. That's what I want to be a part of. That's a mission. That's a calling. It's our command. Go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them everything I've taught you. That's not just for Mike. That's for all of us. That's for everybody that's watching this that's a believer. Is we're to be about that. And so here's, here's a couple of next steps that maybe for you today. Maybe this is what you need to take. Number one is receive Jesus Christ by faith today. Realize it's not works by faith but to receive jesus christ by faith today for salvation therefore so therefore also receiving the holy spirit within you as a deposit so that you can pray spirit-led prayers and you have someone who is a counselor who lives within you and you have the, the spirit of god within you that brings power to not only your life but to your prayers i mean he prays for you before the father he guides you he convicts you 
which is a blessing from God. Maybe for some of you in the room, man, you've nailed down your salvation. You know that you're saved. But man, you know that there's not a daily surrender that takes place. But maybe that's the step. Surrender daily to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Instead of just jumping in my routine, instead of just making it all about me, what I like, what I want, you know, my comfort zone, to God, I want it to be about you. I want to seek you with everything that's in me. I want to seek you with all of my heart. And so God, let today be yours. I surrender everything. And I trust you to work in me. And I trust you to guide me. And I trust you to show me the steps to take. So maybe for you today, that's the step you need to take. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I don't, I don't know what God is saying to you. But if you're here today, or if you're watching online, and you've never put your faith in Christ, you've been weighing it out. You've been trying to decide about this whole Jesus thing. Man, is, is Jesus really the way? Hopefully the Spirit of God has drawn you close enough to where you believe that. And I want to encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. You're the only one that can. If I could make that decision for you, I promise you I would. But I can't. It's your decision. And so I want to encourage you just to just say, Jesus, I, I believe that you are the Son of God. And Jesus, I believe that you came into this world to redeem us, to save us, to change us, to transform us. And Jesus, I believe with all the faith that I have in me that you are the Son of God. You are the way. And so, Jesus, I want to confess to you that I'm a sinner. I confess that I have sinned. I have blown it in so many ways. And I still try to do things my way. But today, I'm, I'm choosing you. And I'm, I'm laying down my way, my life for you. And so, Jesus, will you come into my life? And will you save me? And will you change me from the inside out? And his answer is yes. Yes. He will come in. And he will live within you. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. And he will empower you. Isn't that awesome? If you're here today and you just prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room? Just raise it high so I can see you. I love to celebrate it, I promise you. Right here. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, man, that's me. Maybe maybe you're watching online and you do that. Maybe you just got down by your coffee table and you prayed that prayer. Man, let us know. We want to walk with you. We want to walk with you. There may be some of you in this room that you go, you know what, Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm sure about my salvation. But I'm not sure about my walk. And I'm not sure I'm spirit-led. And I'm not sure I'm, I'm seeking the things of God on a daily basis. But I want that to change right now. I want it to change today. And so in just a minute, the, the worship team is going to lead us in a song response. And it's a great song. God, it's a great song. It talks about running to the Father. Again and again and again. But maybe for some of you today, you walk to the, you, you want to go to the altar. You just need to go to the altar. You need to lay something down you've been holding on to. Maybe you just need to walk up here and lay something down. And I'm just telling you, there's something about that step. It's like that step of faith. I had someone in the first service want to be set free from cigarettes. They took the step of faith by getting rid of everything they had that had to do with that. And they had people pray over them. They want to be free of that addiction. Maybe there's an addiction in your life. You just you know, I want to lay it down. You can, go, you, you can get our prayer team to pray over you. But God wants to set you free. He, Jesus died for you to be set free. He wants to place the Spirit within you to empower you to do things you can't even imagine. So I want to ask everybody across the room, if you would, to stand. You respond as the Holy Spirit leads. The altar is open. The prayer team will be here. You just, you just trust Jesus enough to take whatever step it might be.
I just want to encourage you this week. Man, you can run to Him as many times as you need to, but run to Him. He, he's drawing you.
maybe for some of you today, maybe you laid something down. Maybe you were set free. And here's the thing. I, I often, I think sometimes what we do is we pray and say, God, set me free. And we just got to say, God, I am set free. There's a difference between the two. God, I am set free. I've been purchased with a price. I am set free. From this point forward, I am set free. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to walk in that. And so I'm praying that God's going to use you guys to be a witness this week. And that revival begins in each of our hearts. And as we walk out of here, we become that messenger who takes the gospel wherever we go. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. God, I pray that you would use us as your vessels this week. But God, let us be spirit-led in everything that we do. That we would seek you first. God, we would seek you with everything that's in us. And God, that you would show us what that looks like from moment to moment throughout the day. But God, help us to have eyes for the things of God, for the things of the kingdom. Father, thank you for meeting with us today. And thank you for loving on us. Thank you for setting people free. And God, I thank you for those who have followed you in believers' baptism. And I thank you for the one who put his faith in you for salvation. God, we love you. And I pray that our life and how we live would reflect that this week. In Jesus' name.